Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, it's time for Rosie on the House. Saturday morning tradition since 1988, if you're new to the program. This 8 o'clock hour, we call it our outdoor living hour. First Saturday of the month, we have Julie Murphy, the spokeswoman for Arizona Farm Bureau, joining us in studio. And if you're a regular listener or you're following along in our annual homeowner handbook, you know today we've got Arizona Pork slated for the conversation, and this isn't the first time we've covered it. We've had Tom Miller, the executive director for Arizona Pork Council, on with us. We've had Shannon Schultz of Schultz Farms. We've had Kevin Rogers of Rogers Brothers. And today, you've got another Kevin Rogers as your guest. Yes, I have his son, Kevin Rogers. Okay, I call him Kevin Gary, so... Uh, Kevin Gary, <laughs> forgive me. Uh, I'll accept I've, it from you, Julie. <laughs> thank you. And I have known him since he was just a little guy. Um, so before I start asking you questions, Kevin, Arizona ha- hog cash receipts for the previous year were $43 million. And then this most recent year, which is 2022, because 2023 is not yet complete, so we don't have those. But it was $57 million. So this is for our listeners to know that we do have a significant hog uh, market here in the state of Arizona. It's one main producer up north, um, Yosemite Farms. And then we have a lot of show pig producers, where it, which is where Kevin Rogers falls. And it'll be fun to hear his um, progression of launching a a farm a couple of years ago and focusing on the show pig arena and all that fun stuff. So Kevin, welcome and thank you because I know you told us you're literally in California at a pig clinic in California and you're teaching teaching 4-Hers and FFAers, young people basically the trips tips and tricks of really doing a good job in the show pig arena. So uh, take it away. First Tell us about your background and your generational farm family. Yeah, so I appreciate it, Julie. I'm up here in beautiful Modesto, California. I'm working with one of our um, distributors for my for the feed company that I work for. Um, but really excited to to be on here with you, and wish I could have been in the studio with you. Um, but things happen. <laughs> That's part <laughs> of our life. Um, but anyways, yeah, to your question. Um, uh, the Rogers family, uh, the f- family that I'm a part of, I'm a fifth generation agriculturist um, family before me, my dad and his brothers and uh, his dad and all the, all the people before them, they've all grown hay, um, corn silage, some cotton, um, and uh, we've just been involved in agriculture since, since I was born and before then. Um, so I, I was kind of just born into it and there's you know, very few people today that get to say that, and it's it's unfortunate, but I, I do believe that I, I got raised in one of the best environments, being in the agriculture industry and um, the ag family. Um, so grew up and was basically indoctrinated with 4-H and FFA in my blood, um, knew I was going to be a part of it from the first time I stepped foot on the fairgrounds there in, uh, in Phoenix, um, was a 10-year 4-H member, a four-year FFA member, um, showed pigs throughout high school, got a little, um, I got the bite that I, you know, wanted to maybe raise a pig. So my, my parents, uh, decided that they would let me have one sow. And I think I was about 15 
when I had my first litter of pigs and um, from there, it's just been a long whirlwind of a lot of money and <laughs> a lot of time spent with, with the swine. So, Yeah, and I, I can remember that. I uh, The times that I was over at your house and just watching you guys grow up invariably, because you have two sisters, an older one and a younger one, invariably you guys were either feeding your pigs or walking your pigs or training your pigs. So uh, you got into it knee-deep. Yeah, it uh, it started off with just, you know, the county fair project, um, and we would get them every, you know, November, December, um, and we'd show them till about April, um, and then I I got the bug and wanted to show one at our state fair, and our state fair kind of runs a different time frame. We're actually, our state fair just started here, um, and the junior show, if anybody's interested in going down and watching um, the junior show kids, they'll be showing next week, um, Thursday and Friday, I believe. Um, but so I decided to show pig at our state fair and that's how it kind of became a, you know, a a year round deal. We would have pigs every day, every month of the year. Um, and it it just kind of, like I said, it spiraled and (laughs) here we are. So I, I was going to, you know, I was going to launch into my other question a, a few years ago, but the reality of it is you've had this Rogers livestock business for quite some time. If you started at 15 and, and you're young, I don't think you've even broken the 30-year mark, but talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, so, I mean, it started off, you know, I I would say that, you know, we decided to put an LLC to it um, just for, you know, tax purposes and trying to catch some breaks on some different things. And um, But, yeah, I mean, I I was 14, 15 years old, and, you know, I knew that I wanted to – one of the coolest things I thought that, honestly, my my main goal starting when I was that age was – I wanted to show a pig that I raised, that I had bred. I, I made the mating decision, picking out the boar. Um, I bred it to my sow. Um, and then I actually got to fair the pig and then show it at our county fair when it was seven months old. Um, and what I, I guess, learned throughout that whole process was that my real passion was to be able to help other kids um, as well as, you know, show myself. But I, I, when I started selling those pigs out of my first litter, I, I just – fell in love with, you know, the aspect of being able to give the knowledge that I've, you know, gained throughout my years to, you know, pass it along to the next generation of kids. And that's kind of, you know, what stuck with me throughout this whole deal. But yeah, so we, we started Rogers Livestock LLC in 2017, me and my wife, um, we did that and uh, it's bloomed and we've, we've grown. And then um, we were up to about 20 sows um, and then we had our, we, we had our baby last October, Kevin Jean, um, and I need human a little baby. bit of a... That was a human baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear about yes, that. <laughs> we, thank you. That clarification is a human baby. My wife gave birth. Uh, he's beautiful, 11-month-old now, almost a year old, um, and I decided that I needed to cut some numbers back and um, have not have so much on my plate with, with my job. I travel quite a bit. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't have so much going on at home um, with those pigs. So we're down right now to about 10 sows, which is, I think, a very manageable number. But, um, yeah, we, every aspect of it, love it. Um, my, but like I said, I, I really fell in love with, you know, being able to help other 4-H and FFA members that maybe just didn't have the experience. And, you know, that's how we all we all start somewhere. And if there's nobody to, to help the next generation, then we're sure going to be in a world of hurt. 
Oh, that is so cool, Kevin. Uh, just for our listeners, farrowing, you heard him say that. That means to give birth to piglets, the, the sow. And then a sow is a female pig that's um, old enough, mature enough for the breeding purposes. So I have to ask you, Kevin, uh, since you've in kind of, I guess, is it fair for me to say the beginning and the end process and then taking it to the fair when you were young, how far did you reach with the pigs yourself that you raised? Did you ever make, you know, blue ribbon? How, how far did you go? <laughs> I, it's funny. I actually, that first litter, I actually didn't even get to keep one. I sold all of them. Oh, okay. um, and I think being, I, I wish I did, but that year at fair, we had one that won its class. So it was a, a blue ribbon first place. Um, and then even as much, as recent as uh, in the last couple of years, we've, we've had some pigs that have done really, really well um, at Arizona Nationals, which is our state national livestock show that we have people coming to from all over the country. Um, and we, we actually sold a pig um, in the guilt sale there at, at Arizona Nationals for $14,000. And we've, you know, we've, we've had some success in, in the ring and um, it's definitely changed a lot for us and we've grown a bunch, but yeah, that first litter, um, I, I don't know what happened, honestly, thinking <laughs> back. Um, I, I had one guilt. I, I actually do remember. I had one guilt that I really wanted to keep and I had her slated to keep. And then we had a kid that reached out and he missed all the other auctions that had gone on. And, oh. you know, I had one pig left and I decided to, to sell her to him because he, you know, I, I had other avenues of getting pigs and we just, we always were able to get, you know, pigs from back east. We, uh, you know, we have a good relationship with a breeder in Missouri, uh, Jesse Heimer. And um, so we, we were able to get pigs from him, but uh, yeah, I sold that pig to that kid so he could have a pig to show. And you, you have a heart was... for youth. Um, even as a youth, you were, had a heart for youth. So another thing, a guilt, you've heard Kevin say that a couple of times, it's a female pig that has not given birth yet. And so it's usually the gilts, these young female pigs that end up in the showroom yep. or the show ring rather, I guess I could say showroom, but talk, talk <laughs> either about, way. Yeah. Either way. Talk about the fair pig segment here in Arizona and why it's so important for our youth. You know, I, I've been thinking a lot about that, just, you know, reflecting on why we, you know, do the, these things, why we do what we do. And um, the fair pig, I mean, it, it's the equivalent to your kids, you know, playing football, doing dance. You know, it, it is the, we do these things for the same reasons to help build our, our kids into better people, into better citizens, and to help our society. Um, and I think, you know, I don't want to jump into the other questions, but sometimes they all just, sometimes they all just flow together so easily. But, you know, the things that we learn from owning and caring, you know, for another animal, for another, you know, being, it really, I think it can really open up eyes and um, help these kids gain these soft skills and uh, that employers are looking for. Um, but, you know, here in Arizona, we're not really, you know, we have our five C's and, you know, pork is not, you know, one of the things we're known for. And I think the, the show pig, um, fair pigs, you know, th that's one way that, you know, we can really advertise the pork industry here in our state. And I think it's a, a really big opportunity for, for us show pig producers to help, you know, continue to be in the face of, you know, um, Arizona pork. 
Kevin Rogers is our guest today in the Arizona Farm Bureau Farm Fresh Hour, talking Arizona pork with spokeswoman for the Arizona Farm Bureau, Julie Murphy. We'll be back. <laughs> no no end to the depth of songs producer Gary D can find that tie into the topic. We are talking <laughs> Arizona pork and it's these show pigs that Kevin Rogers is talking about. I mean, it's not like a cow where you can just turn it out in a pen and throw hay. I mean, you got to take them for a walk. I mean, you got to bathe them there. They're a lot more uh work than than a lot of other farm animals you could raise. They truly are. And I had 4-H FFA pigs. That was my thing during my youth. And so much of what Kevin alluded to is my own experience, just teaching those soft leadership skills and those strong leadership skills. And that, and then husbandry um, and humane treatment of animals. That's why our farmers and ranchers are so good at what they do is because we start them when they're young. And even though we don't think about Arizona as a pork state, if you compare Arizona to Iowa pork, oh my gosh, it's uh, quite a bit different in size. But the the one farm we have up north, it's uh, raising pigs to market weight. And then, um, you know, that's why we have some of the pork availability. In fact, to that point, because we're playing with some statistics, the export market, and this is numbers from the USDA, and this is a national number, but we're up 11% over last year in the first eight months of 2023 for our exports. So our American pork is very popular with other countries, and Mexico is one of our largest importers of our wonderful pork. But I bet you didn't know this, Romy. How fast can a pig run the mile? Now, is it just on its own, or is this like when you try and do the pig catch thing, where you grease it all up, and you know everyone's got to try and catch it all at one time? Because I bet, I bet that's a little bit faster. It may not be a straight mile, but it, they're fast. It, they are, which gives more credit to the kids that raise these pigs to be obedient to them in the show ring, because they've got tricks to make sure that their wonderful pig goes before the judge. No, a pig can run a, a seven minute mile. And we know that we finally, as humans, broke the four-minute mile barrier. I think you looked it up. What was the fastest guy? He was something like... uh, Three minutes and 43 seconds and 99 is the current record. (laughs) That's me in the quarter mile run. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. We've got fast pigs. And uh, like I said, the export market, especially into Mexico and some of the other countries, is up. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit more, too. But pork meat is a very healthy meat. Uh, they produce choline in the protein, and that's in, and I need all the improved brain, brain function I can get. But it, choline is one of those chemicals that improves our brain function, and it's also healthy, good for our heart. So pork meat is good. And now we have another question for Kevin as it relates to the pork industry here and then the Arizona Pork Council. You're... N- you're new as a board member to the Arizona Port Council, and um, 
Arizona Farm Bureau has partnered with them in kind of advancing the cause of the pork industry and uh, certainly the things that Kevin is doing with his own business. But why is this organization important? How would you, like if somebody found out you were on the Pork Council, what would you tell them, Kevin? Um, I think I think it goes hand in hand with, you know, I like to think of it like the Farm Bureau, but just just focused on the pork producers and the pork industry. It'd be like farmers not having the Farm Bureau, really. I mean, it's we have to have a voice um, in Washington. We have to have a voice when it comes to policy. We have to have um, people, you know, who are actually spending their time promoting pork. I think um, promoting pork to um, different states where they might like you. You're talking about, you know, Arizona actually being up 11 or um, up, I think you said like $11 million um, in pork sales. I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, that's that's huge in, in a year change. Um, but just really to be the voice for our pork producers um, and to help, get, you know, spread the good word about, you know, why pork's important. Um, and you're talking about the health benefits. If it can help brain function, we might need to start selling some more of it to Washington, D.C. and see how uh, we can help improve them a little bit. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I love it. Yes. I throw that in there. Yeah. But uh no, I think what, what uh, the Arizona Pork Council does and what we've been able to do with, um, with Farm Bureau is really promoting the pork industry um, and giving you know, pork producers a voice. So on that point, you're at a pig clinic, and you're doing this on behalf of, besides having your own company, Rogers Livestock, you are, are also, as you said earlier, I think the account manager with Showright and Hubbard Feeds. So what exactly does a pig clinic, we got one minute for you to tell us what a pig clinic does. <laughs> okay, so I mean, basically, what we're going to be doing here is, you know, going from the beginning of your project to the end of your project, you know, how you should have your, your pen set up at home, um, setting some, you know, some goals for yourself and putting a budget together, really the the basic, basic things that, you know, a first year, second year, you know, third year kid needs to have, you know, and, and parents as well. I mean, it, I think it has, this is a lot for parents too, just so they can start to think about, you know, these different things that we have to be doing, but we're going to be going over um, feed. We're going to be going over showmanship, which is when they actually show the animals in the ring. Um, we're going to be talking about a preparation checklist where they can, um, you know, like be prepared and so on and so forth. So Everything. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with Rosie on the house. A little bit of a heat wave coming back, but it doesn't bother me as long as these mornings and evenings keep cooling off like they are. I can I can live with the triple digits during the day if we get below 80 at night. Man, it was a beautiful morning, and we've got Kevin Rogers joining us on phone from a pig council. Is yeah, that pig, uh, pig clinic. Pig, pig clinic in Modesto, California. Uh, he is... A generational Arizona farmer out teaching uh, 
people in California how to do things right. They need a lot of help out there. And, we, <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Julie Murphy with the Arizona Farm Bureau spokeswoman uh, joining us in studio as she does the first Saturday of the month talking farm fresh commodities. And we've got Arizona pork as our conversation about halfway through it right now. Right. And I got some more fun facts for everyone. Pork is actually one of the most commonly consumed meats worldwide with evidence of pig husbandry dating back to 5000 BC. Mm-hmm-hmm. Pork has also more protein than chicken and is high in zinc, iron, and B vitamins. More protein than chicken. Yes, that's according to the pork uh, the pork the National Pork Board and online pork protein experts. It's good to eat our chicken and absolutely we need to be eating our beef, but the point being pork is another good meat protein choice. And then here I love this one because I love bacon. Over a third of the fat in bacon is the same as the healthy fat found in olive oil, which is known to lower cholesterol levels. So instead of just getting those two strips of bacon, I'm going to double up on that and get four strips of bacon <laughs> because healthy healthy um, fat is even in bacon. So we're good there. And again, we have a significant pork industry here in the state of Arizona. Commercially, we have a farm up north. And then Kevin Rogers represents that segment that does, that raises or produces pig for show. And then earlier, and I think this was before we went on air, Kevin, that some of the litter, if they're what you would call not show pig quality in terms of that show ring and you you do sell your pigs to pe- families that want to finish them, raise them, and then finish them for harvest and have plenty of pork in their freezer, correct? Yes, ma'am. Yep. It's, uh, you know, we, we have these litters, and, you know, like we talk about, pigs are born in litters. They're not just born one at a time or in twins or triplets. Um, so they usually have, you know, the, I think the average litter size is, you know, at least in the show pig world, it's between six to eight pigs. Um, and you're lucky if you get more than that. Um, but on the commercial side, I mean, they, they, they get upwards of 12 to 15 pigs. Um, but anyways, on the show pig side, you know, you're, if every single pig in your litter is sellable, that's great for a show pig and you can make a little bit more money that way. Um, but not every pig is. And so we'll, we'll, we'll sell those pigs to, uh, you know, we, we also have carcass competitions as well. Um, so some kids will actually raise the pig um for about four and a half five months and then they'll actually go and they'll um they'll slaughter the animal um they'll process it and um they'll send it off and they'll do all that and then they'll actually judge the carcasses um and get you know whoever has the best carcass same as the show pig deal they'll uh give them ribbons and prizes as well so we have a couple different outlets for those animals that aren't um quite you know good enough to be show pigs but yeah when we sell them we we try to sell them all and um help everybody who wants to buy some pork right and what type of breeds are we dealing with in arizona we oh boy we have quite a few (laughs) yep we've got quite a few and um you know on the show pig side of things um we all of our county fairs um at state fair we'll show um crossbreds which is obviously it's a cross between two different breeds um we have durox hampshire's landrace chester 
um, Yorkshire, Berkshire, Poland Chinas, um, Herefords, Hamworths. I think I, that's about, that's yeah, 10. You, I think I covered them all. So I have a list, and you did. I, you said Berkshire, so there's those. Yep. I don't know if I said it right. And then I've also got one here that just says Spotted Pig. So Spots, yep. yep. Spots, and, yep. So that, that is amazing, and uh, just proof of the pudding that there's a lot of opportunities in the pig pig arena in the show area so what what does food security because you know you're a farm kid you're a generational farm kid and we have a lot that's we have to do in agriculture and we recognize kind of that importance of what we do what does food security and healthy food mean to you as a farm family here in america you know, right right now, I mean, food security really and, you know, being able to have, you know, food, it needs to start getting up on more of our priority list. I don't think that um, our decision makers are thinking about, you know, food security as we, you know, make laws and pass laws. And um, I think it, for me, it's up there at the top of my list. I don't like to miss a meal, but <laughs> I think as, a, as an American and as, as a producer, um, I think we, we, you know, we talk about the water issues we face here in Arizona and um, land issues. I mean, they're building houses everywhere. And I think in some areas that's great. But if we have, you know, tillable farmland, we need to be keeping that uh, and using that because, you know, we're, we're growing so fast, you know, whether it's from immigration or, you know, however, we're, people moving from California to Arizona, our growth has been, you know, Arizona is probably one of the fastest growing States outside of Texas, um, we need to keep, keep that in the forefront and not in the rearview mirror. We need to be looking at it head on and making sure that we have, um, you know, food security going forward. And you know, even though you raise for show pigs and you have that portion percentage of the litter that you do sell to families, so the reality of that is that you're part of this food security security issue. And you know, during the pandemic, so many families wanted to you know, fill that freezer full of meat, full of beef, full of pork. Um, What's the, I don't know if it's fair to ask it as a percentage, but you might have what, three or four, maybe five out of the litter that are show pig, pig quality. And then the, the remaining you sell to families because they want to fill their own freezer. Yeah, I'd say that's, that's probably fair. I mean, like it, it just depends. I mean, you know, we had a litter of, we had a litter of 10 this, uh, this spring and we sold every single one of them as show pigs. They were out of a really good sow. Um, the mom was really good and all the pigs turned out incredible. So it just, like you say, it depends, but I would say that's a fair, you know, I would say about 70 to 80% um, can be, I think that's a fair, fair estimation. And there's a misconception that pigs are dirty there. If you give them enough room, they don't roll in their own feces, as somebody had once put it. But what they do, if they have the opportunity, they will roll in mud because they don't have fur. That's their body temperature sweat. regulation. Yeah. Is, is yeah, they don't sweat. So if somebody wanted to raise their own pig, how much space uh, in the backyard do we need? Uh, what kind of shade? What kind of water? What kind of food requirements? Let's Let's get somebody set up to... You know, you've got one of these extra pigs that's not good enough for show, and somebody listening says, "All right, I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna bring one home by it." What do I have to get set up for? Yeah, I mean, 
comfortably. I think, you know, the pens that we have that we raise these show pigs in are about, you know, eight by 10. Um, I think eight by 10 covered area, a shaded area, um, but also breathable area. So I, I think uh, whether you have a fan or a mister or um, something like that to keep them cool, I, especially in Arizona, we get so dang hot. Um, we, we have to be able to keep them cool. Um, uh, eight, but like I said, eight by 10 feed wise, most, most stores, most feed stores or livestock tax stores have some sort of pig feed. Um, that's corn and soybean based, um, works really, really well. Um, and you know, honestly feeding them that you get, get through about eight to eight to 12 bags, depending on how big the pig is when you get it. And you know, that that's about the time it takes. It's, uh, you know, about six to eight months and, and they're ready to be, to be food. So what weight are you selling the pigs that you don't sell for show? What weight, 50 pounds before you hand them, sell them to someone that wants to raise their own pork? And maybe that varies. Yeah, I would say about probably 60 to 60 to a hundred pounds sometimes. And um, just depending on, you know, I, I like to be a, I'm I'm always a hopeful person that hoping maybe you know maybe a little more weight in this pig could could turn out a little bit better and could be a show pig but you know I have to be a realist sometimes too and maybe it just needs to be pork instead so it, it's all just about the animal and how I'm feeling that day I guess <laughs> and it sounds like you're being partial to the kids too you want to make create opportunities for someone that mm-hmm. can make application of all those things that you're teaching at this pig clinic today and some of the things you threw out struck me about what I learned when I was young and showing pigs it's I mean we're you're even training these young people to budget and uh, to factor in the cost of feed and I mean it's amazing what we can learn in our youth if the opportunities are presented and that's kind of what these show pigs do for young people. 100%. 100%. It's a, it's a business. I mean, if you treat it like a business, I mean, we, in 4-H and FFA, we have to do record books. You got to, you know, record keep. And I can tell you that those, those things that I learned in 4-H and FFA, I use, you know, a lot more than the stuff I learned in school. And I don't, I'm not trying to say anything bad about school, but I, I think that the more we can educate ourselves about, you know, real world stuff, you know, whether it's taking care of another animal, responsibility, um, knowing that our actions have consequences, whether they be good consequences or bad consequences, the, the, the work you put in, you get out of it. So, yeah, they're, they're important lessons that, that we're trying to teach these kids that I don't know how else they'll get them. In a given year, I'm throwing a question out, out here just because it's just roaming in my head. In a given year, and I know you're doing this a lot on behalf of the company that you work for, Hubbard Feeds, in a given year, how many kids are you maybe teaching these truly life lessons besides animal husbandry and all that stuff? Oh man, that's a that's a good question. I should I should uh, off the top of my head, I could not give you a you know a number, but I mean we a, a large part of my job has I've transitioned to uh, more of the show right role and working with the kids and our show our show feed brand. Um, uh, this is basically what I'm, I'm doing a lot of is going, uh, I'll travel in uh, basically the West Coast um, from Colorado West, um, but I, hundreds of, you know, thousands. I mean, there's, I've, I've talked to a lot of kids this year. Yeah, and that, that's kind of neat to hear that this company is helping kids with some of these things. And you kind of compared it to kids that do sports and kids that do 
dance and all the, these other things. But I, I will tell you, as a competitive swimmer in high school, my swim team never made me keep a budget. So I had to learn that from 4-H and FFA. And I remember those records that we had to submit in order to fully participate in the 4-H process. And I whined and complained a little bit too much, I know, because mother would <laughs> remind me that I whined. But when I look back at it, that's why I can keep a budget. That's why I'm sort of a spendthrift. And so it's <laughs> it's uh, amazing some of the things. What do you think is the one of the most important lessons that the kids take away from these clinics? I think responsibility is, is got to be number one. And I think that's something that, um, you know, we got to give these kids the opportunity to be responsible um, and put these real world things at the forefront and normalize it. Because I think more and more today, you know, we just, we swipe our credit cards or our debit cards and we, we just think the money's on there. I know when I was a kid, that's how I thought it was, you know, mom and dad, just we could go into the grocery store and get whatever we wanted. And that's, you know, probably a lot of people think that's where the food's from too. Right. It just comes out of the back of the grocery store. This is Christine of BC Renovations. You're listening to Rosie on the House. In our final segment of the Outdoor Living Hour, first Saturday of the month, we talk farm fresh commodities with Arizona Farm Bureau spokeswoman Julie Murphy. We've been talking Arizona pork and what uh, what are we going to wrap up this hour with? So I wanted to know what Kevin's favorite pork dish is because, you know, a, a lot of this is what this is all about. And no cheating, Kevin. You can't say all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, it's funny. There's not a lot of, you know, pork that isn't good. I mean, from bacon to sausage and uh, ham. I mean, ham is obviously a staple for for sandwiches and everything like that. But, you know, my favorite pork dish that I've ever had, um, this would have been uh, Christmas before my, my dad had passed away, would have been one of the last meals that I remember him making. Um, it was a crown roast that I don't know if you knew. I oh, yes. might have to look it up. I but saw. He posted it on Facebook. Yes. Uh, and he smoked it for I don't know how long. But it was it was really fun. I, I remember being there with him and doing it. But basically – um, it's a beautiful pork roast. I'm reading this description um, from our friends up in uh, Las Vegas. Um, the Las Vegas Livestock is where he bought it from, and it's a beautiful pork roast. is the perfect centerpiece of a holiday dinner table. Um, it's uh, pork loin tied together, and it gets this beautiful shape. It looks like a, a crown, um, but delicious. Um, definitely a pork. I'm definitely going to have to try to remake it this this Christmas. But definitely my favorite pork dish that I've had. And you have to make that again this Christmas in tribute to your dad because he, he you're correct, he posted pictures on social media. And I my mouth was watering just seeing the pictures. That is so, <laughs> that's so right on. So um, the, there's a variety of pork dishes and everybody that loves pork, I'm going to give you the places that you need to go to find some great por- pork recipes. Arizona Farm Bureau's own fillyourplate.org is a place to just plug in pork in the recipe section and up will come a variety of recipes. But another site, and we celebrated a little bit the Arizona Pork Council, if you really want to just glom on to some amazing recipes and they keep discovering new ones, you know, pork 
always gets a lot of credit in the holidays, but they don't get a lot of credit in the in between times. And it's a very versatile protein meat that you can make into just about everything. There's an increase in popularity, by the way, in ground pork. But the other website is azpork.org, azpork.org. That's Arizona Pork Council's website. And it's just another place to find a variety of recipes. And then, you know, I mean, some of our foodie network people and the foodie channels feature amazing pork recipes. But I'm glad you mentioned the one that you mentioned, Kevin, because... I saw those pictures, and I don't know if I could master that like your dad did, but it, it, <laughs> I don't know if I could either. It's definitely um, a recipe to celebrate and to enjoy. And, you know, I, I think by default, because we in the ag industry were beef producers, we raised chickens uh, for meat. Now we don't have a very significant. Uh, uh, commercial representation for our chicken, but we do have some of our smaller farm direct market environments where they do sell even, you know, pasture-raised chicken for meat. But we sometimes forget how significant our pork industry here is in the state of Arizona. And, Kevin, it's individuals like you that are making that happen. You're the next generation. I'm so proud of what you're doing. And uh, we, we there's really a lot of things we can do with pork, and it's... Right now, the pricing for pork, if you go into the grocery store, you can find some really good prices on pork, and there's a lot of a lot of cuts. There's your ribs. There's your chops. You just mentioned loins. And, uh, of course, we can do everything with bacon. I mean, mm-hmm. Romy, what's your favorite pork dish? Well, favorite, I would have to think about that, but most common, Sunday morning, uh, we make uh, beignets, which is like a Cajun donut. But on top of that, we always make boudin. And I call it my, my bee trifecta. You take a, a bagel, you toast it, you butter it. Then you put you know about a quarter pound of boudin, which is a pork sausage uh, from Louisiana. Awesome. Drizzle it with a little bit of cane steam syrup. Oh, man. And then you put a couple pieces of crispy bacon on top. So you got a bagel, boudin, and bacon. I've got Perfect to try little that. I'm coming to your house sandwich. tomorrow morning. And then you got your <laughs> beignets uh, on the side. <laughs> so where do you get that sausage? Because that's like you know, I have to order it from a and I order it from a place called Best Stop out of Scott, Louisiana. Okay. Well, and again, the Romero family. For most of your listeners, already know this, but you're Cajun, so <laughs> there's a lot of part pork that's utilized in Cajun cooking. Correct. Uh, I would have to spend a lot of time thinking about the recipes in Cajun that don't have some element of, of yeah. pork or pig in them. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm hungry now. Hey, Kevin, real quickly, have you ever cooked a, a pig in the ground? Um, I have not. I've seen it, though, yes. Okay. That's all we need to know. All right, you can go to fillyourplate.org or azfb.org and sign up for a membership. Annual membership's only 60 bucks, and you support local Arizona agriculture.